CFF presents 1% Better, a podcast about CrossFit, nutrition, coaching, mindset, and community. Join us as we embark in casual conversation to shed light on what life is like within these black and yellow walls. With episodes coming at you every Monday, you can follow along with Coach Whitney and Taryn as we talk shop about all things CFF. All right, episode 28. 28% better, dare we say that? I don't know. We're getting pretty good at this. so We are. All right. Last week, consensus was everybody loved our podcast about the theoretical hierarchy of development, which I thought was awesome because like we kind of took a chance on that one going into the little science-y part of stuff a little bit more. And Mm -hmm. I thought that that would bore people, but I actually had quite a bit of great feedback that's what they wanted to hear. So I was pretty excited. That kind of jacked me up a little bit. Yeah, that was good. That's the stuff I like to talk about. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, no, it was a good one. Um, so that brings up what for this week? Okay, first of all, can we talk about the CrossFit Games? We sure can. Because that came up this week in classes or near the end of the week. Um, did you watch the CrossFit Games? I did watch the CrossFit Games. Did what did you? you think? I liked it. I did too. I thought it was one of the better ones. I wasn't sure how I was going to feel about it. I liked it better than last year. Yep, me too. You kind of felt committed to these like five athletes, men and women, and it was kind of neat to see it flip-flop back and forth through the scoring and stuff. Yeah, I liked it. The programming I thought was very well done. Yes, also agree. Um, What was your favorite event? The swimming one. Mine too. Loved that one. Yeah. Like that one got me excited for when we can run our competitions again because I, I even just liked how that was laid out. Yeah. Yeah. I like the Happy Star one too with the different trail runs and bars, yeah, bars over the cool. beam. That was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of sparked a few interest ideas in my mind of incorporating that. Yep. And the ascending thrusters. So, of course, I'm going to love that one. <laughs> but no. just watching those two of them, you know, do their thing, that was pretty fantastic. Yeah, it was good. Even all of them. Like, they all kind of surprised me in some sense. Yeah, it was good. I liked it. Um, something that came up in class was just some poor technique that we saw throughout. Poor technique from our standpoint as people training the general public. Um, Want to comment on that? Okay. Let's be specific. The ugly back squats that we saw. Well, that's what you picked out. Obviously, the rowing bothered me the well, most. Well, yes, but that too. You know what? I've been on that other side, and I've trained for that specific thing. Like, competition is another animal. Yes. And, you know, what you're seeing in that five-minute window on a YouTube live video is a lot different than the other 364 days of year or days of the year that they put training in. And those reps in practice are perfect. Yes. And, you know, so their bodies have adapted to conform in, in, in and around not the greatest of positions and still be able to perform. Yeah. And that's the important detail that, you know, I think the layperson kind of misses. They mm-hmm. just see a ugly back squat and they're like, oh my gosh, but you know what? They've done a thousand perfect reps at that weight in training to build up to that moment. And that's what happens at the elite level, mm-hmm. you know, and kind of building on our, on our conversation from last week is like, you know, 
you get to the sport application and now you can apply the things that you have practiced in all different directions and positions and things like that, because you have that base layer of strength and body awareness and, and all that stuff. So, you know, the back squat thing aside, like, come on, they're lifting their one rep maxes plus like a lot of them PR that stuff. And like I said, the thousand reps that they did leading up to that were a hundred percent perfect. And in competition, you know, just as I always say, men will die for points like that's all that matters in that sense. And, you know, technique is going to go out the window because you need those points, but they've got that foundation to exactly. support that. And that's the yeah, important exactly. part, you know, yeah. versus a layperson or an average Joe walking up there and hitting a CrossFit total and their back squat looks like that. You don't have that base layer to pull upon. And, you know, you hit an ugly deadlift like Haley Adams and you're, you're on for two weeks. Yeah. Right? You're on the couch yeah. for the next two weeks or more. Yeah. And as where she gets up and does the next event, yeah. you know, she might be hurting a little bit, but she's conditioned to handle that type of pain exactly. as where the average Joe is not. Yeah. So, you know, that was, that's my yeah. opinion on it. And that's just because I've been there and, you know, that's been taught to me. That's part of being a competitor in that sport. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you got to do what you got to do to get the points for sure. I say that, but <laughs> and every time I know, well, I mean, you and I had conversations about it and many yeah. people commented about it on social media and I just kind of shook my head. I'm just like, you know, it's a, I think it's great that you understand technique and movement mm-hmm. enough to be able to see that and yeah. appreciate it. Yeah. But now you're just, you know, you're, it's just a little bit of naivety to what the actual, like what's actually going on. <laughs> yeah. So hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, but no, it was a good, good little weekend. It was nice to have that little dose of competition to watch because we missed it in the summer. Mm-hmm. So it was nice to have that. Um, I think that can kind of lead into today's conversation. We pulled up the CrossFit's sickness, wellness, fitness continuum. And we were talking before this how there's CrossFit, the sport, and then sort of our application of CrossFit in terms of a tool to make people well and live their best lives. A higher quality of life. Yeah. So I think, I think kind of making those two differentiations, CrossFit as a sport, like what we saw on the weekend versus CrossFit that our members participate in. How would you kind of differentiate the two? At the end of the day, and I mean, this is in our vision. At the end of the day, we're just trying to make people have a better quality of life, Mm -hmm. you know, be able to get more from their life, sustain that a little bit longer, the longevity of their life, you know? Yeah. Um, Hang on, we're having microphone issues here. All right. And so as we approach our general group classes, It's just like, we want to use the CrossFit methodology to help you get more out of this hour that you're with us to have a greater return outside of the doors for the other 23 hours of your day. If we can prolong our life, you know, and have that higher quality of life, then that's what it's all about for us. Like that's the type of fitness and that we're trying to um, promote and encourage. It doesn't mean that sport doesn't have its, its place. It's just not our focus. Mm -hmm. And that's how our business has been shaped and, you know, our program that and our approach and, you know, as a result, people see the results that they're seeking. And what more could you ask for when you have somebody that walks in 
on that far left side of this of this spectrum that we're going to talk about and all of a sudden they're in the middle or they're even closer to the far right side and they feel better they're healthier like they have blood markers that have improved and they've lost weight and they're off medication you know yeah. they can chase their grandkids around like that's the stuff that matters mm-hmm. yeah it's awesome that you can do 30 pull-ups on broken and do a bunch of lunges and then do 20 pull-ups on broken and this and that and this and that and come out first on top of it on a podium type of thing. That's great. Like rock on, like that takes a degree of level of fitness, but for the majority of the population, that's not what they're seeking. Yeah. Like that's the 1%. Yeah. Or the 0.1%. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, so let's dive into the sickness, wellness, fitness continuum. So I'm going to, I'm going to throw a picture up when we put this podcast up, but basically it's just an arch. And on the left side of the arch, we have sickness in the middle of the arch, we have wellness. And on the far right side, we have fitness or, you know, it should be coined like super, super wellness. Cause you're on the far right side of that. So that means that you've got all your ducks in a row and then some. So, um, basically this just means that you know, people come to us in one state or one condition, usually on that left side of, of the spectrum. Now, just because it's labeled sickness doesn't mean that people actually have to be sick, quote unquote, in order to be on that side. It just means that within this continuum, we have certain health factors that are measurable. And based on your results on those things kind of places you on the spectrum somewhere. So Take, for example, things like blood pressure, body fat percentage, your bone density, triglycerides, cholesterol levels. You know, we have even our just our blood readings, how much muscle mass you have, like those types of actual um, life factors that can be measured. Mm -hmm. And so once you kind of know where you fall or have those results, you know where you are on that spectrum. And usually when we have people come in for their very first time, they fall on the left side towards that sickness part. And all that means is just that your levels of those particular things is on the unhealthy side of things. So take, for example, like blood pressure for, for example, that would be like something high, like 160 over 95, for example. Um, you know, and then as people kind of, as we go back to our, our pyramid conversation last yeah. week, you know, they start to put those ducks in a row. Now we end up getting a little bit closer to the wellness in the middle of this and their blood pressure you know, gets to the healthy normal range of like 120 over 70 or something like that. And as they get even more fit and more in shape and control their nutrition more and do all the right things that can be more of an athlete's type of high blood or sorry, not high blood pressure, but you know, normal consistent range of like, you know, 105 over 55 or something like that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, as we put work into this and, you know, not just on our fitness, but our nutrition too, we start to see these health factors, um, you know, change over time and just showing us that we're getting closer to that wellness side of things or even more so to the fit side of things. Mm-hmm. Like just a different way of saying like unhealthy and healthy, I would say. Right. Yeah. And, and the fact that you can actually measure it, you know, people just come in here for their no sweat intros. And when I ask them what they're trying to do and they just say, I want to be healthier. It's like, okay, well, what does that success look like for you? Like, how would you know that you have become healthier? And so that looks like different things for different people. But, you know, what this is a great way to measure that is is some of these things. Mm-hmm. I actually just had a goal review session with a member who 
was constantly feeling cold like before she came and that was related to a health issue she had just one of the effects of that and she said I don't feel the cold anymore like I feel like my body temperature is like regulated now and I was like hey that's pretty cool yeah so I thought that was interesting that fitness and working out consistently had done that for um and you know what and I want to I'm just gonna take a side note to this too is like the goal is not necessarily to get to the far right side of the spectrum because you can have athletes that fall on that far right side. Like take an endurance athlete, for example, they're going to have great blood markers. Like all that stuff is going to be all in the line, you know, but then you can look at certain things. Like what does their diet look like? You know, there, there will be shortcomings because they have sacrificed some of the steps along the way for elite performance. Um, you know, so just because you're on the far right doesn't mean that you're healthy, mm-hmm. right? You can for, like take a high performance female athlete and then we pull a female triad in there where, yeah. you know, we have exactly. cycle problems where they haven't had their cycle for three, four months, if not longer. Well, that definitely would fall far from the health side of things. And so ultimately the goal is to be in the middle. Yeah. And you know what? Like I talked, I gave you this list of like all sort of body things like blood pressure, body fat, bone density. I think one of the major missing things on this list would be mental health. And then, I mean, that's a little bit harder to measure because it doesn't have something that is tangible or a way to measure it tangibly, but ultimately that is a piece of wellness, right? Mm Is just your mental health part of it. And that again, too, like being on the far right hand of the spectrum doesn't mean that your mental health is, is at its peak either. Like if anything, it's, pretty like it's it's a different world when you're on that far side of the spectrum oh absolutely so um in my opinion are we're going to strive to get to the middle the wellness piece and that's just being at healthy factors for all of those things does you don't need to be exceptional at them you need to be in the healthy range mm-hmm. for sure i remember sitting at my level one and they them presenting this And I'm sitting there kind of placing myself. And I had myself on like the left side of wellness. I definitely didn't sit in the wellness to fitness spectrum. Really? Yeah. That's where I put myself. It was interesting. I would say I've shifted more to wellness now. But yeah. And like I've been on that far right hand side. And Mm -hmm. like arguably there were things on that list that I would not rate as on the health side of things for me. Mm Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, actually. It just gives us the ability to measure it, to know that we're going in the direction that we need to be. And like, ultimately the reason why something like this comes up is like, like we, we talked at the beginning is we're trying to extend the quality of our life for as long as we can. And that's going to protect us against disease. Right. And that's what we're chasing. Yeah. For sure. Um, so let's say somebody comes in and they're on and you're not presenting the spectrum to them, but in the back of your mind, you have this spectrum and, and they're closer to that sort of sickness, that left-hand side that we're referring to. What are they going to do to help get them to wellness? Not even to fitness, but just like moving towards wellness. I know what your answer is going to be. <laughs> I'm not sure our audience knows what your answer is going to be. <laughs> They're all screaming it out. Everybody and on here the count we are, of three. Back <laughs> at nutrition. 
they're probably sick of us saying that. But, but, but you <laughs> can't does. not say it. it. It's like, I hope you're understanding the importance of following a balanced diet. That's something that's going to be productive for what it is you're trying to achieve. Mm-hmm. You know, fitness or like just getting moving and activity is the small part of the equation. And yet that's what people are seeking when they first come in. And I get it. We're a gym. Like approaching a gym for nutrition is not your first thing, but it should be, mm-hmm. you know? So if I have somebody come in here that's on that far left side, like I'm going to ask them what a day in their life looks like when it comes to nutrition. I'm going to ask them what their current activity level looks like. Chances are it is non-existent or if ever it's been existent, you know, it might be someone who's never taken part in any type of physical activity in their life. Like that's just not what they had done or for whatever reason aside. Um, you know, and so something like that is starting small. It's like, well, okay, we can make the biggest change right now by simply just focusing on our nutrition. Like, I get that you're here to do fitness and and that's great. We can tackle that too. But like fitness without nutrition is, it's a puzzle without the quarter pieces. <laughs> like they're important. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> wow. That is a good one. Where was that one last that week? That just came out right now. Good one right now. Well, it's interesting because my dad was a nutrition client of yours way back when, and his one of his barriers to not starting with nutrition was because he doesn't work out. Yet the biggest piece of his puzzle was not working out and being physically active. It was his nutrition. Yeah. And he was super successful. Probably didn't break a sweat once while on the nutrition program. And, you know, it's like I – I get that you want to come in here and work out, yeah. but if you're working your tail off in here and then you go home and you eat nothing but, you know, super starchy carbs and filled with sugar and refined sugars and, you know, lots of white carbs and no vegetables and your protein intake is like minimal one meal a day. And it's probably too small as it is. Like Mm -hmm. you're really not setting yourself up for success. Like I, I give it to you that you're at least now active when you weren't active, but I mean, that is just a kick. it's, It's a, drop in the bucket, right? Like it's just small. Yeah. So for those types of people that approach me, it's like your nutrition approach is far more important than getting active right now. And sometimes those are the toughest conversations for me to have, you know, because again, they don't come in here with that mindset yep. approaching nutrition, but changing their mindset and just changing their frame of reference is when you see it come around and finally you can see, you literally see the light bulb ding on and they get it. Mm-hmm. And so here we are, you know, we're sitting down and now we're talking nutrition and fitness on the side, which is how it should be. Right. So it's, it's cool because, you know, and I've had over 10 years, you know, over the 10 years that we've been doing this, I've had people go and get their blood panels done that have been nutrition clients of mine or just regular clients as it is, but they start out with blood panels and then they come back, you know, six months later, or three months later. And they're like, Hey, look, like, I'm off my cholesterol meds because I've been exercising and I've changed my diet and Hey, now we're closer to that wellness spot on the spectrum, mm-hmm. you know, for sure. Um, so let's say you're a client or even just one of our listeners at home and going to get a blood panel done, isn't something they're going to do right now. What kind of things can we ask ourselves so that we can kind of, put ourselves on this continuum? Like where would, like, are there things you could ask yourself without having data that you could place yourself on this continuum? Does that make sense? So 
and I'm, these are things we work with our nutrition clients as it mm -hmm. is. It's like, what does your sleep quality look like? Like, A, are you sleeping enough? And are you just in bed for that amount of time or are you actually sleeping for that amount of time? And then like how continuous. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. Like, And then how rested are you when you wake up? Because it's one thing to have like a light sleep throughout the night for seven hours versus being in a deep sleep and an REM sleep throughout that that cycle and then waking up. Um, so and, and we talked about this last week is just the importance of sleep. Like we could probably do an episode just on sleep. Hey, write that down. We definitely should. Um, we also talk about energy levels. So not just during your workouts, what do you feel like after your workout? How quickly do you recover? Um, and then throughout the day, like, what is your work day? Like, do you have mid morning crashes, mid afternoon crashes? Can you, are you super exhausted by the end of the night or are you still revved up and ready to go and you're hopping into bed and your brain is firing off for you know, mm -hmm. um, what's it like when you wake up? Like, are you groggy or are you waking up energized and ready to take on your day? Like there are many factors that your energy spikes and drops throughout the day can tell us just about what's going on. Um, we talk a lot about mood, mm -hmm. you know, this being at different points on this spectrum is directly correlated to mood. I would say, um, what else do we hit? We got a, a whole list of of stuff. I think you can even dive deep into like digestive issues. Yeah. Like are you digesting your food well? Are you bloated all the time? Like chronic stomach issues. I think that can be one that you can just do a quick check on your own. And like sometimes we got to have the BM chat. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but it's true. Oh it's like, gosh, you just went there. Well, of course I did because it's important <laughs> and it tells us that information are too. Are you going regularly? Are you going regularly? And honestly, I've had the question of like, what does it look like <laughs> with some clients? Because that gives us a lot of information too. It does. As I sit here and laugh, but it's very true. <laughs> um, what else can you think of that you could quickly ask yourself? Even just how your workouts feel. Yeah. Like, do you have energy in your workouts and stuff like that? I think is a good one. Stress. How you oh, that's, handle your yeah, stress. That's huge. Yeah. I don't know why I didn't say that yeah. first. Sleep yes. and stress. We could probably do our Wait own episode on stress. Yes. Also. Yeah. But yeah, sleep and stress. Just how you handle it, how stressed out you feel. Mm -hmm. So how you perceive that stress is also something mm -hmm. that is incorporated on that. So these are all just like subjective measurements yes, to place sure. yourself on this spectrum. Yeah. You know, obviously we want objective measurements yeah. and that's sort of like where the blood panels and... and you know, body readings come into play. Um, but this is a great sort of like, just like you used the word audit last week, like yeah. take an audit on yourself on some of those things. And that will tell you where you fall. You know, if you're like, yeah, you know what? I wake up, I'm super energized to take on my day. I don't really have any crashes throughout the day. I feel ready to take my workout on. Yeah. I'm tired when I finish, but like I I'm recovered before I leave the building you know, and by the time the day is over, I'm ready to go to bed. Like I'm tired and I sleep throughout the night. Like I would put you fairly in the middle. Yeah. Like you sound like you've got everything all together. And chances are that if I asked you if you're doing your nutrition, you'd probably say, yeah, you pay attention to it in some way, shape or form. Mm -hmm. And you're fairly consistent at it and at the gym. Mm -hmm. And I think that's another, <laughs> again, another episode in and of its own is consistency is, is just like, okay, so you can follow your nutrition and you can be at the gym sporadically, but 
if you don't have that consistency piece, the pieces aren't going to come together. Yep. And when I say consistency, it doesn't mean that I'm asking for hundred percent perfection that you come three times a week. Absolutely. And you're hundred percent on your nutrition. Like that is not what that means. That means that most of the time we're on track, yep. you know, you're going to have the days and the times where you fall off and you know, you have a meal here, you're, you have a night where you stay up later and you have some alcohol or whatever, and mm-hmm. you know, but your ability to turn around and, and get right back on track, this shows your consistency of what you're doing. And that consistency piece is huge. You can be doing all the right things, but not doing them consistently and see, and see no results. So why CrossFit and how does doing CrossFit, so we know nutrition, all that stuff, but now let's talk about the exercise component. Um, Why is it the right tool to use to get me moving on this continuum, the spectrum? Put you on the spot. Everything, like, okay, first off, Let's just define it. Okay. Constantly varied. Yeah. High intensity. Yeah. Functional functional movements. movements. Oh my God. I started on that. (laughs) (laughs) Got you. Don't worry. (laughs) But because we're taking such a broad application to our fitness, like general physical preparedness, Mm -hmm. this allows us to hit different energy systems. It allows us to accomplish different movements. And we talked about last week, the neuroendocrine response that comes from the type of movements that we cover in, in CrossFit, you know, we're hitting, why are you laughing? At I'm me? not laughing. I'm just keep going. This is good. Okay. <laughs> now I lost my train of thought. Um, Our different energy, systems. different energy systems, the neuroendocrine response and the intensity of which we're working at, you know, this gives us the best approach to tackle our fitness, like everything we do is objective. And you hear me say this all the time. It's like, we're, it's measurable. Yeah. That's why we take our results. That's why we record how much we're lifting. That's why we record how fast we do it or how many rounds and reps we do because we're trying to hit a goal. Yeah. And that goal is laid out specifically for you. Um, because at the end of the day, like we said, it all comes back to, we're trying to sort of elicit the best possible response so that we can be working on improving the quality of our life. That's the ultimate goal. Like, yeah, you come in to hit this 2K row under 10 minutes, but like, because you can do that and achieve that, that is giving you the best response possible to approach your health and fitness outside of the gym, right? Giving you a better quality of life because you can work at this intensity for this long of time domain to achieve the goal that we have set out for you. Does that kind of answer it? It does answer my question. Direction you were going? Yep. No, for sure. 100%. Well, I think too, like, that functional movements, right. That transfer over into real life. Like we're trying to give you a better quality of life and that requires you to tackle different things, whatever life throws you. And now the movements that we do in the gym can replicate and support that in real life application. It all comes back to health and wellness. But I'm going to say health and fitness because I really like that. Wellness is at the top of that. Super wellness. Yeah. Super wellness. Super wellness. But I guess, and I mean, I mean, we can carry on with this further, you know, in terms of like why we approach our, our programming the way we do. And, and it's because of that. It's because we want you to hit this Fran in three to five minutes, because that is how it's supposed to be done. Because on that day, we want that type of intensity 
prolonged for three to five minutes. Yeah. Knowing that when you walk out of here, you have now like you've hit that one thing that we, that your fitness requires. And then the next day you're going to come in and we're going to do a 20 minute AMRAP, but we want you to slow down because this work is, is lengthy and it's exhausting and it's extensive. And we just want you to be consistent now Yeah. because consistent energy output is important in real life. Like these things are not random. I was just going to say that like the programming is not random as random as you think it may seem. It's not. And we don't pull these numbers out of our ass no. either. You just swore. I just <gasps> swore. And yeah, albeit I'm going to go back to this morning's example. Like, yeah, I was wiping my RX goal off the board many times, but that was my own mistake and my own misjudgment in how long this workout was actually going to take. But the point being is that they still put in the required amount of intensity yeah. that I was asking and we still finished it in what, in my mind, I was actually kind of assuming I was going to be. Yeah. So, you know, just cause you can do Fran in eight minutes, like good for you, but you missed the point of the exercise. Yeah. And if your goal is to be competitive, then, you know, that's awesome for you. But if your goal is just to be a better human being, that's a three to five minute workout at a very high intensity, no matter what you need to do to make it happen like that. Yeah. And the benefits from that yeah. are super important. Are long lasting. Like the benefits from a three to five minute workout versus a 20 minute workout are yeah. very, very different. Yeah. Hormonally. Yeah, for sure. Anything else to add on that? You're kind of getting up on a soapbox. <laughs> I'm just, I just love this stuff, right? Like I know you do. Um, you know, I'm just trying to put my words together here. I guess the main thing just comes back to, this is just a measurable way to assess our fit, our health, like our health and our wellness. Right. And that's why this is important. If your fitness regimen doesn't support that, like I question, why are you doing it? Mm-hmm. You're and I'll, like arguably the ones that should be answering it should be the ones like I'm an elite athlete. Like that would be the only answer that would be right. Yeah. You know, like I'm doing it for a sport reason. Mm-hmm. You know, because we talked about being on that far right hand end of the spectrum and still not being healthy. For sure. I don't know about you, but I just want, and I mean, I've been there. And in that time, in that time, in that mind frame, like, that's not what you're thinking about. Like, you're thinking about, like, I have to look a certain way because I'm doing this sport and I need to lift this much and move this fast. And, like, your blood pressure is, is not the thing that's on the top of your mind. But for the other 99% of the population, that is on their mind. Yeah. So it's measurable, just like everything else that we do. And... We do have like our in-body scanner can touch base on some of these measurements. So if people are curious, cause we can do body fat and muscle mass here, but it would be neat for people to go out and get some blood work done and see what kind of work they can do to make those changes. Be interesting. When I was reading through this and just kind of like reviewing it, it was kind of interesting to see Greg Glassman's approach in terms of like, exercise science mm-hmm. being the measurable part of it. Like what's your VO two max mm-hmm. yeah. and, and you know, different things like that. And it's just like, so you can run on a treadmill and breathe in more oxygen in a lab 
but then you go out on the road race and you still lose the road race. Like what does, like, how does that correlate? Like it doesn't give a real life application of it. Um, you know, and then they talk about like lactate thresholds. So this is like being able to sprint repeatedly. So think about like a boxing match or or like an MMA fight or something like that. And so, you know, they have this great emphasis of lactate threshold increases yet they go out there on the, in the fight and they still lose the fight. And the whole like theory behind this is like, all right, we've got all these measurements, things that we're measuring, and we're going to put them through some CrossFit workouts. So use our approach and our methodology, add some competition to the factor, because that always makes people work harder. And we would still see these things improve, but we would see them improve on a broader approach. So while you're focusing on just VO2, by taking this approach, you can actually hit all of those factors and see them improve. And I really like the fact that you said, like, add the competition effort among the group that's doing this because that looks like different things. Like, and so when I say competition, I don't mean like now we go back to CrossFit as a sport. It just simply means like we have 15 people in here. And as the coach, I am bringing up the intensity of the class to make you work harder than you actually want to work when you first walk in here type of thing. So, you know, yeah. I thought that that was a really interesting point. Agreed. Well, even just not, I think even just adding the community aspect. So it's not this like solo workout kind of routine, but having that community atmosphere, I'm sure would change things too, right? Yes, it absolutely does. It doesn't need to be that competitive type thing, but just that person beside you, yeah, that just, person cheering you on, just that environment in which you work out in. Yep. So I'm going to touch a picture when we do end up posting this podcast of just what the, the um, sickness wellness sort of continuum looks like so that our listeners can actually get a picture image of it. And then, you know, just go back to thinking about those things that are on the list that are measurements of based on where, where you would fall within that. And as well as take into consideration some of the non-measurable factors that we talked about, you know, that we sort of ascertain with our nutrition clients, energy mm-hmm. levels, sleep levels, stress levels, you know, things like Your digestion moves, yeah. and, and <laughs> BMs. Oh God. Somebody's going to ask what BMs are. Yeah. I'm going to direct them to you. <laughs> okay. Don't send those questions. To okay. Me. Okay. Yeah. No, I think that's a good homework. Another little audit to do at home. It also kind of sets you back and like, just makes you think about exactly why you're doing what you're doing. And are you taking the best approach at it? Mm-hmm. Cause it's just like, why am I coming to the gym? Well, like, this is obviously my best chance to get the best sort of results into real or the best carryover into real life, which ultimately is what most of our clientele, if not all of them are trying to do. And then are you taking all the appropriate steps to sort of promote that in the greatest way possible? Like set yourself up for the most success possible. Why do you think that nutrition is always the thing that people trip on? Like, why is it so easy for people to come in here and be like, yeah, I want to start at the gym, but then you have a conversation about nutrition and it's the hardest thing. Inability to change habits. Right. One hour of your day is a lot easier than 23 hours of your day, Mm -hmm. but yet which one has the greater effect? Well, yeah. And you can, argue how uncomfortable a one hour workout is and then being uncomfortable for not having ice cream after dinner. Like yeah. 
is it really that uncomfortable to stop eating ice cream after dinner or to sit or to come do Fran for three to five minutes? Like, yeah. Maybe for another day. <laughs> Am I starting to build a soapbox over here? <laughs> um, okay. So if we're making our listeners do their little sickness, wellness, fitness audit, where would you put yourself? Um, you know what? Happily, I would put myself in the wellness category. Maybe just slightly below, and that's just because I'm working on changing my body fat percentage right now. But arguably, my muscle mass puts me on the right-hand side of that. So <laughs> so you're right in the middle. Yeah. You balance yourself up. If you took into consideration those sort of like, like sleep and all of that stuff, would you still put yourself there? Absolutely. If you would have asked me this in May to August, I would have put far left interestingly enough. And, but also just proves that life ebbs and flows and yes. as stressors become different and yeah, your inability absolutely. or ability to handle them, persevere through them, you know, implicates what's going to happen on the other end of that. Mm -hmm. And so obviously we went through a very stressful time and mm -hmm. um, not that I wasn't able to adapt with it. I just chose some not very healthy habits to follow. And as a result would put myself far on the left, far side of that, but okay. What did you do to move? <laughs> that, and I was just having this conversation with Mark yesterday. When I look at my trend of my rings on my Apple watch, yeah. you know, when I look at my rings from June and July and August, there's many, like I probably only completed all three rings less than, I'd say less than seven times in the entire month. And then September came around and October, especially I made it a pack to be in here more consistently to try and take a little bit more control over some of my shitty habits I had. Like, you know, I went 30 days without wine, et cetera, et cetera. And all of a sudden it has now turned into three days of the whole month that I did not close my rings. So, and as a result, look at how my trend on the spectrum changed, mm -hmm. you know? So going back to that whole consistency speech and controlling the things you can't control, like your nutrition and your fitness, you can make those changes. So we can reverse those effects just as we can cause them. Mm -hmm. Where would you put yourself? I think if I was to use like the measurements that they give, I'd probably sit at wellness. I think if I was to look at sleep and all of that stuff, I'd sit to the left. I think my sleep's not great. I sleep well. I just don't sleep enough. Um, nutrition can always be better. Stress is a lot better, so I'd give myself some points for that. Um, yeah, and just getting in workouts and just being more active, I think that can have some improvement. And so if you were a client sitting here right with me, the next question on my mouth would be like, all right, give me one thing that you can do today that is going to put you closer towards that. So what is that one thing? You and I are going to work out. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I made that pack to you to help you do that because that's yeah. something that you need to do. Yeah to help you get a little bit further along that towards the middle. Yeah. And that's okay. Like, yeah, that's one thing that we can control. And that's one thing you're going to do today. Well, it's interesting too, because if I go back like four years when I sat in my level one and placed myself to the left of wellness, it was for different reasons than I'm placing myself to the left of wellness today, which is interesting. Life ebbs and flows. Yeah. And it's different stressors, right? So that's for exactly sure. the exact same thing. Yep. I love it. Cool.
Onward to super wellness. Right. So how many of our clients or listeners are going to do this audit and then they say, all right, what's the one thing I can do today? How many of them are going to pick a nutrition related thing? Okay. Well, here's the deal though. I think some of them will, but I think some will know that it needs to be nutrition, but they'll avoid it because it's too hard. Yeah. But they think it's too hard. Absolutely. We got to change that. Yeah. It doesn't need to be complicated. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it doesn't, it's true. Okay. So that wraps up our conversation today. Last week we talked about the, the theoretical hierarchy of development. So starting at the base of the pyramid and working our way up, not compromising a step below in order to get a step ahead. This week we talked about sickness, wellness, fitness, and the spectrum that exists between those three variables and the different measurements that place you on that spectrum. So complete your audit give us your shortcoming or not your shortcomings, but like, that's a bad word choice. <laughs> Tell us where you would consider yourself right now on that spectrum and give us your action point for what you're going to do today or on the day that you happen to listen to this, um, that you're going to take one thing into your control to improve that. And I think even before, like make your choice, but then ask yourself, is there another thing you can do that might be slightly uncomfortable that you're maybe afraid to do? And can you do that? Awesome. Cool. Thanks for listening. Um, episode 28.